0: We on three or after three. One, two, three. So go. three, go. two, one, go. two. Dang it. <laughs> it's already happening. Mine's already happening. Oh, okay. I'm gonna finish before you.
1: <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Consider This. I am here with my brother and friend Drew Moss. We are on Monday Thursday recording a message about the resurrection of the Not just what the implications are, but what are some of the arguments against the resurrection? Why does it matter? Why does it seem like so many things that are being said about the resurrection um, are not things that people leave the church for? We'll talk about it more. Here we go. Okay, Drew, here's my opening question for you. Let's hear it. What is your favorite resurrection in pop culture? So oh. think of like movies, yep, or TV shows, or books. What is your favorite resurrection-ish
0: moment? Yep. Uh, man, that's a great question. Okay, the first one that popped into my head, and I think it's because I didn't know that it was coming. I did not know the books. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Gandalf. Dang it. <laughs> that is mine. Is that you're going to be yours? That I'm is. I'm thinking of another one. <laughs> We're uh, just a couple of nerds here. I didn't Okay, so I didn't read the books. So I really like they do in the movies where they show up and there's like they come face to face with this white wizard. Yes. And I'm like, "Oh gosh, oh no. They're meeting the bad guy." Mm-hmm. And then it's Gandalf. And so yeah, that one actually, that one Kind of, uh, it got me.
1: It's a good one, too. Yeah. I mean, going from Gandalf the Gray to Gandalf the White. Yes. Like, somehow, more powers. Yes. I like
0: that. That was a it's cool really one. Good. That was a cool one.
1: Um. Well, this morning, this evening, whatever time it is, who knows, TBD, it is Maundy Thursday. That's what That's we right. do know. We are talking about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. My first question for you, Drew, why does it seem like some people... Are bored of conversations surrounding the cross and the resurrection, it, and that's weird to say out loud for me. But I see it, I hear it sometimes. Yeah. Is that something you've experienced or no?
0: Yeah, you know, it's even even as you know, when we're when we're starting to like have these conversations about the the episodes that we're going to do, we're like, we should do one on, on the resurrection. There was a little bit of this kind of like, do we should we do something on the resurrection? And and I found myself trying to think of like titles for this. Um, and like, what's a title that people want to listen? Cause if we just put, if we just title this episode, the resurrection, uh, I, I bet we get significantly less listens. Uh, like, and, and I, like, it's like, we're trying to find what would be something that's kind of interesting and, you know, grabby mm-hmm. and stuff, if you will, you know what I mean? Uh, and that's not, I'm not trying to take shots at listeners or anything like that. I don't know that I would click on it if it was just that. There's something that you're touching on about that. Um, and I don't know if it's because we have tied it up. If the... I, I don't know if some something that has to do with it's it's been tied up with Easter bunnies and eggs and, and it's just kind of uh, more like uh, cutesy than it is powerful for us. If it's more... And I don't know if it's because... Uh, it's something when you, if you grow up in church, you hear about over and over and over and over again, and 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 so there's something that kind of loses. Sadly, it shouldn't be this way, but something that when we hear something a lot, it can kind of lose some of its. Uh, Gotcha ness yeah. like Gandalf. Like what got me with Gandalf is I did not see yeah. it coming. Yeah, right. Um, I cannot remember a time in my life when I did not know Jesus had risen from the dead. Mm-hmm. There was never a moment where I was like, oh, that happened. You know what I mean? Like, and and I don't know. Maybe if that if that has something to do with it. What do you think, man? I think
1: that's it. Probably just the repetitive nature of it. I think part of it is people see it as a really awesome thing that happened in the past and that probably has something to do with my future but maybe doesn't have a lot to say for me now yeah you know like yeah that's cool we talked about that already so let's move on a little bit yeah um and so really really maybe not thinking a lot about how that Deals with things in our life, and yeah. How important that is,
0: because uh, I think that that is like you know the answer can't be. Well, then what we need to do is just not talk about it yeah. so much, and then it'll kind of it'll regain some of its pizzazz, For you only know. Easter, that if is the we, only yeah, time exactly. We can that about the that can't be the answer, right? But I do think probably it has to do with this idea that it's not just something we've touched on so many times, but that we often only touch on it, that we talk about that it happened without actually digging deeper into the implications of that uh the the power behind that the the other the many different truths that spin off from the resurrection that affect so many other parts of scripture and our lives and stuff like that and so we just kind of skim its surface over and over and over and over again Mm -hmm. without ever actually diving into it you know yeah
1: we probably do a disservice that we say so often you know and jesus died and he rose again and kind of leaving it at these two terms yeah and and even maybe with a good heart like we kind of know. Yeah. Like when we speak this, so much of it is we know the depth of that. Yeah, we there's know like an the assumed... But there's a distance between just like hearing that with your ears and knowing something yeah. that is has a, a depth to it. And so maybe there is a disservice when we skim over it and just mention it. Though we will never just not mention it. Yeah. It's, it's okay to mention it. Yeah, uh, Yeah, a lot of complexity there. So one of the other reasons, like, I don't think we can just stop talking about it is its centrality in our faith, right? Paul seems to act as if this is the thing. Yep. Do you think that the resurrection is like number one on the list? If you had to list like all the moments in history or even all the doctrines in the faith, is the resurrection at the top, yes or no? If it's not, what's above it? Yeah. If it is, what makes it the
0: top? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know how to argue with Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, you know, mm-hmm. with his statement. And uh, so I think I, I have to say yes. But I think I think I, I think when tied as a single event to the crucifixion, when you go crucifixion, resurrection, then yes, that's, that's Paul's statement. Actually, I passed on to you as of most importance. This is the most important thing. And he says those two things together, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he raised again and that he appeared to different people. Um, and so I I think I've got to put, those two things it's either 1 and 1a or just both of those events as kind of a the the scriptures don't separate them quite as much they really do kind of view it as one event Mm -hmm. uh, that happens together and so i think i got i got to put it there Uh, those two things stand alone uh, historically, doctrinally. I was even thinking a little bit about this. What would be like top three? What would be, if I was like, if I was making it <laughs> and I'd, I'd have a hard time separating, those two would yeah, go it's like together. it's the Christ event. It's yes. way
1: more helpful to talk about yes. the Christ event. Yes, you know.
0: yes. Then maybe like the incarnation uh, and I don't know what, what, what comes out to that.
1: Well, to me, like all of it rests
0: upon the reality
1: of God. And so it's a little hard to talk about God being in flesh or God dying or God pouring out his wrath or God resurrecting without there being a God. And so, again, thinking of it in a list probably is less helpful than like a web that's interconnected deeply. But but truly, like the reality of God is is such a key and basic doctrine that there is a God and he reveals himself. So if there is a God and he does reveal himself, what's he like? Yeah. How does how do we know those types of things? Yeah, It's good. Probably. Yeah. Christ event, the reality of God, his character would be wrapped up into that. Yeah. Which manifests itself. In the, yeah. Jesus I
0: think event. I, yeah. And I think the reason I go with resurrection, uh, it's like, obviously, the reality of God is the foundation under all that, but the resurrection is the distinguishing thing mm-hmm. between Christianity and any other idea of God. Yeah. You know what I mean? I the Christ about, like, event.
1: The other major religions, you have Judaism, from which Christianity was founded upon, and the people who won't take that step to believe that Jesus is the Christ, yeah. the son of the living God. He truly was one with God. Okay. The Christ event is the distinguishing thing. Yes. Um, we believe a lot of the same things, except yes. for this, and what the implications are. So it has completely driven us down different paths mm-hmm. because of the Christ event back here. Uh, Islam, okay, they believe in Jesus. Yeah. They believe he really lived. He was a great prophet. Yes. God, God would not allow a great prophet to, to be hurt, to be injured, to be killed. So it wasn't Jesus that was on the cross; yeah. somebody else.
0: Okay, so I heard this actually. I've I've heard this stated before that Christianity is the world's most falsifiable religion, uh, meaning that it is it is the easiest to hold up to scrutiny and disprove or prove or however you want to say it, you know that because every other religion starts uh, virtually as you look back at it. Every major religion or even minor kind of cult spinoff starts with with one person, usually a dude, one person going off by themselves, having a religious experience, and then coming back and sharing that and saying, this is what happened. Uh, uh, Muhammad goes off into a cave. The angel Gabriel visits him, he says, and gives him these scriptures, and he goes back, and nobody is allowed to go Nobody has the ability to go, no, that didn't happen. You it's just like gotta there were take no his word. On it. What? It's
1: like there weren't other witnesses. Exactly. Lot of exactly. There. This is
0: what Joseph Smith does. Mm-hmm. He goes off into the woods. He has an experience where the three members of he wouldn't call him the Trinity, but the fa- actually, he, maybe it's just the Father and the Son visit him in the woods. I can't remember, but Jesus and the Father visit him in the woods. They tell him, hey, this is how this is, and we're going to give you these scriptures, but you, we're going to take them away before anyone else can see them, and you just got to trust him. Uh, Buddha has an enlightenment experience. Mm-hmm. Christianity is the only religion that starts on the public ministry Public death and then somewhat public resurrection, and asks people to go look at this, examine this, and you can see you can you can ask questions and see whether it happened or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I've always I've always found that to be fascinating. That Christianity is the one that goes, you don't just take our word for it. Examine this evidence and talk about it, think about it for a little bit. Um, So here's, but this is, we were talking about this earlier. This is kind of interesting. If this is the distinguishing thing, and if this is so critical, and if this is what Christianity is based upon, why do, when most people reject Christianity, most people refuse Christianity not based on the resurrection didn't happen? That's not, if you ask people, that's not where they go. It usually has to do with secondary issues uh like uh the bible's view of sexuality uh like um whether whether it's uh whether it's old and patriarchal or whether
1: being against organized religion
0: yeah yeah just i just don't like organized religion i don't like that
1: experience with a church
0: yes those kinds of things it's yeah that's true why is it if this is like the fundamental thing this is what makes christianity christianity then why don't you? we hear more people rejecting this when they reject Christianity?
1: I think two things. Number one, I believe there is a realm which we cannot see. Okay, Okay. yeah. I believe there's a real enemy that uses real strategies to do anything in his power, limited power, to get creation to not acknowledge God as God and king. And that being said whatever tool can be used to get somebody to not look at the cross, to not look at the resurrection, this moment, which put the seal on the coffin for him, for the devil and his allies to which Jesus ascended. And then all things were put under his rule at some level now. And then completely when he returns, like, I I think that's a pretty decent strategy. Hey, uh, I'm going to make you look at Drew more than you look at Jesus. And when you look at Drew, you'll see a human messed up, broken, Mm. And that's way better than when you look at the cross and the resurrection, which shows amazing power, but also the character of God. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's a pretty, pretty smart strategy, yes. actually. Yes. Um, number two, I think a lot of those things uh, that you've listed off are, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but excuses for actually people a lot of times just kind of wanting to do what they want to do. Mm. Now, now legitimately, I think there are people who've had bad experiences and based on those bad experiences, then they justify... they then go on a rampage. Like they maybe in their yeah. like head still kind of believe some of these things, so they need to disprove it. Yeah. And so they're looking for evidence, but there was like an experience that changed them, yep. and they now need to change their
0: mind after so, what their heart's feeling. Yeah. So that makes me think of uh, you know I do college ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Keller tells a story about a college minister, campus minister that he knows. Um, and, and he says, at least at this college minister, when students would come to him and they would be like, Hey, I was in this class and the professor was saying some things and it's really causing me to question my faith. And, you know, I, I just don't know a lot of, a lot of this Bible stuff doesn't make sense. I don't know if, if I can fully trust it anymore. I'm thinking about kind of walking away. Uh, the, the college minister's first question is, uh, who are you sleeping with? Uh, be- yep. because a lot of times what he actually finds is that it's, it is m- having a reason to doubt Christianity helps me sleep better at night. If I'm also sleeping with my girlfriend, yep. yeah, I can feel a lot better about that. You know what I yeah, mean? And or so, fill
1: in the blank with whatever sin that you don't agree with the Bible on. Yeah. So it's like, it's as if God has been pretty clear with what he expects, and then something comes along and tries to get us to go a different direction, and we bow to that. Yeah. You know, and because we don't like the standards of God, so we'll set the standard. And it's actually way more fun and way more comfortable for me yeah. to do it like this. And now that I know what I like— I'm going to justify this. And so I'm going to find all kinds of evidence to show that, well, you know, the Bible really doesn't say that, or, well, you know, there's really a lot of theories on if Jesus really resurrected from the dead. Mm And, um, yeah, a lot of times it's based on what we want or what we've experienced less on actually, whether or not Jesus actually resurrected from the dead. If he resurrected from the dead, it's been said before, it changes everything. Yeah, It changes everything. I mean, if he resurrected from the dead historically in bodily form, I mean, you have to deal with that. And if you can look at that and say, like, sure, even if that happened, no thanks. Like, I think that's possible. I'm not like, hey, it's this trump card, and now everyone's going to come to follow Jesus if they finally start recognizing the historical reality of Jesus's bodily resurrection. No, people will look at that maybe even mentally acknowledge it and still say no. Like yeah. at some level, Adam and Eve looked upon God and were walking with God and still said no. Yep. So there's this disposition towards saying that we as humans will always have. But I think it is at least worth our time to talk about that resurrection. Yeah. What What are the things that people say? And you can actually see it in the text a little bit. What are the things people say to try to refute the resurrection? Yeah. Because... That some people do recognize that if you can refute the resurrection, try to disprove the resurrection, then man, this whole thing falls apart. This church is standing on nothing, it's on sand, not on stone. yeah, so so what historically are some of the things people have said to
0: disprove the resurrection? Yeah, well, this is where, by the way, you know, you say, we were talking about why don't people attack it more on a scholarly level it has been attacked a little bit more because on kind of a scholarly level people realize this is what holds it all together if the resurrection happened sure. then then everything else kind of falls into place the rest of this is probably true and we need to follow this stuff but if it didn't then we can kind of dismantle the right. the scriptures on all right. stuff a little bit and so it does get a little bit more attacking than that um Let me just start with. I want to start before we get into the disproof of. I just want to start with like the things that we can just know. I think like if I'm talking to somebody, one of the questions I've asked, I'd like to ask some people who've who've told me they don't believe in Christianity, that they can't believe in God, I just like to ask them, what do you do with the resurrection then? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think their first response is, well, I don't believe it. I I just told you, I don't believe in the Bible. And I I like to be able to tell them, no, no, you don't even need the Bible. Let's Mm -hmm. just talk about what we know, even if you don't even believe the Bible. Mm -hmm. And these are the facts that are virtually agreed on by almost every scholar, right. Christian and non-Christian, right, is first that Jesus of Nazareth did exist. There's almost nobody, uh, atheist, and there's almost nobody who denies that there was a historical Jesus of Nazareth yep. um, who so lived in the first century. Key
1: point. I mean, like, for people that are skeptical at all, or for people who want to have an answer for when they're asked, yeah, know that there are almost no scholars and probably no reputable scholars that refute the reality of Jesus of Nazareth being
0: a man who walked 2,000 yes. years ago. We have sources outside of the Bible telling us that. Josephus, the Jewish historian, Tacitus, the Roman historian, both tell us that this Jesus existed. Uh, second thing, and these this is both of these these guys tell us this too, uh, that he was crucified under the Roman governor in, in the region of Judea mm-hmm. there in the first century. And that, again virtually undebated like uh, pretty much everyone is kind of in agreement on that the the area where it gets uh interesting is that after jesus dies and this is again not even debated after jesus dies his movement grows and explodes and we know that there were other messianic figures uh, around this time who would appear on the scene, raise up a following of people to, to come after them and, and start believing this is the Messiah. They would claim they were the Messiah. And then when, when that Messianic figure got killed by Rome, the pattern was always the same, uh, their movement died out. Yes. Uh, so they, they claim to be the Messiah. A group starts following them. They get killed. Everyone goes away. Yeah. And Tacitus is the one who says, weirdly enough, after this guy, Crestus he calls him, he's trying to forget his name. Crestus, Christus, who this guy, <laughs> after he got killed by Pilate, weirdly enough, it was silent for a second and then his movement exploded for reasons Tacitus can't explain. But why did his movement take off when all the other ones died out? And so those three things are undebated. The other thing that's not really debated anymore, uh, again, whether you believe the Scriptures or not, is that it is because the disciples, all his followers, claim that they saw him again, that he had risen from the dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know beyond this, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, and this is where somebody goes, no, 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 Drew, I, I don't trust 1 Corinthians 15. I don't mm-hmm. believe Paul. And I go, you don't have to, you don't have to agree with it. Uh, all scholars agree that Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote those words in A.D. 54. You can say he was lying when he wrote it, but all scholars say that he wrote that within the same generation of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so those four things we have to account for. And, and then fifth is what? Fifth is uh, that
1: Jesus' closest followers Died for yeah. that faith. Yeah. So there's some. There is some debate as to how they died, but there's almost no debate that they died explicitly, still believing in the things they were proclaiming,
0: including Paul, who was at one point an enemy of of Jesus, and then yes. switches over. Yeah. Yes.
1: Um, so in that sense, there was not a like social, financial physical benefit for them to proclaim the things that they did. There's some people that would like to refute and say, yeah, the reason it exploded is he had a he did a really good job kind of building these people up and training them what to do once he was gone and was killed like everybody else, and they just knew what to say to get people to stay on board. And it was actually pretty advantageous for them to do so socially and financially and all these types of things. That's, that's not true. That's, mm-hmm. that's an easily refutable yeah. point. And so you have pretty five things, five things outside of the Bible yeah. that you have to deal with. Yeah. I think that's a, a great point. And yeah. so when people say things like, yeah, you know, Jesus' resurrection was a spiritual one, not a physical one. yeah, It doesn't hold a lot of weight. Well, yeah. number one, okay, now we are going to get into the text. These people were eyewitnesses of him, touched him, ate with him physical things. Mm-hmm. Okay, Some people would say, hey, probably somebody stole the body. That's what happened.
0: Yeah, doesn't make sense. Yeah. Why? Uh, well, it depends. If, if it was what, what some people say is like the Pharisees themselves moved mm-hmm. the body, or the religious leaders, the Sanhedrin had it moved so that his disciples wouldn't. Uh, the biggest... St- problem with that is that those religious leaders all they had to do to end this movement was produce the body <laughs> and, and hey, here he is, this thing that is in some ways really kind of starting to tear their people apart as people are moving away from the traditions that they've upheld for a long time and following this, this new supposed Messiah. Um, they're doing whatever they can to kind of hold a hold this together and really just producing a body takes care of that. Mm -hmm. uh, And that never happens. Same with the Romans. Same argument with the Romans. Yep. They can produce a body. They never do. Uh, The the disciples, if the disciples steal it, as you said, there's not not reason for them to, uh, there's not reason for them, there's no benefit for them to try and put on this kind of charade for a while. By the way, I think one of the reasons people think that think the idea is that, you know, oh yeah, it's easy for people to just kind of get behind the idea that this dude was God and kind of worship him. Um, It's easy for people to put on a big production and steal a body and kind of create this whole thing. I think they are thinking of like modern Western culture and not ancient Near Eastern culture. Hmm. Like the idea that uh, anyone in, in the Jewish culture and what we would call like Second Temple Judaism would ever... Worship a human being as God uh, is that's that's It's much that culture is much more closer to Saudi Arabia today than it is to America. Yeah, in America, people believe a lot of dumb things and make all kinds of invent all kinds of weird cults all the time. And people, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, People will wait for UFOs to come behind comets because we've got the freedom to to believe dumb things. Uh, But in Saudi Arabia, nobody would ever even dare to proclaim themselves to be God, and nobody else would even dare to worship a person as God because that that that's there's no social Advantage. There's no religious advantage. You're probably going to get killed doing that. Um, and so why in the world would these Jewish people who have the utmost respect for God, that they would not even say his name out loud, why would they then begin worshiping a human being as that? And this is where it's like stealing a body. If they know they stole a body, that does not lead them to—they're bla- not going to—let's just blaspheme for fun. Yeah. Uh, let's just blaspheme to try and build up a crowd. You know what I mean? They'd be, I think they'd be far too afraid of God to do that.
1: Well, afraid of God and afraid of the culture. Like, literally, the thing that would get them killed the quickest is blasphemy, which would get them stoned, which it did get people stoned. Yeah. Okay, So they claim Jesus is one with God, resurrected, and now sitting at the right hand of God. All the people in that region of Jews would know exactly what that means. Mm-hmm. And then they would pick up rocks to kill that person who said that out loud. Mm-hmm. Because Leviticus 26, 14 says, you kill blasphemers because God is so good. God is so holy. You shall not speak of God or act toward people in a way that is God, right? That is... Yeah unacceptable. What are some of the other other refutations to the resurrection? So the
0: main ones are the main ones are that that it's the body was stolen by disciples or by the government by the leaders or and then an old one that really has been kind of put away nobody really puts much stock in anymore is that Jesus it's called that swoon theory that Jesus, like, passed out from loss of blood, from trauma, from whatever, that he basically went into a sort of comatose state and then came out of that a few days later, and uh, and people, you know, worshipped him. But by and large, science is what's kind of done away with that one and our understanding of the human body and the idea of, like, a, a, a Jesus, like, I always picture, like, a Jesus... Uh, coming out of a coma, somehow getting himself out of all the wrapping and then kind of like gasping and wheezing and pulling himself into town mm-hmm. and well rolling a stone away? Yeah, yeah.
1: That took multiple full strength Roman guards to do and it was sealed. Yeah. And then somehow beating up or sneaking past those guards, yeah. right?
0: I just, uh, yeah, I just, it just doesn't, even, even if somehow he pulls off, he can't be in great shape. And he can't, I can't see it being like something where the disciples look at him and like, we should worship this guy right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like as he's kind of just like in the fetal position on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it just doesn't seem to fit. Uh, the other one, and I did not know this, but this is actually, I, I always thought of this one as kind of a side one, but I was just reading recently that this has become the more prominent objection is the idea that in grief... The disciples had some sort of spiritual hallucination experience. Yeah. That, because this actually has happened. Like people who have traumatically lost a loved one have had hallucinations and seen that person. And so the idea is that yeah, uh, individuals. Yeah. The idea is that they, this is what happened to the disciples. But yeah, the biggest problem with that is just hallucinations are basically waking dreams. They are, they are something that happens in my brain. And so, for the same reason that Justin can't ever be in my dream, he can't ever dream the same dream as me. Justin also can't see the same hallucination I see even if we do even if we do both have a little bit of like mental illness, even if we do both have some crazy stuff going on, but we can't at the same time it's see the exact same thing mm-hmm. uh, also, it doesn't explain Paul who states that his conversion was based on an appearance of the risen Christ. Mm-hmm. And he's not grieving. He's, he's actually anti-Jesus at this moment. And so he doesn't have any sort of like um, major, uh, major mental anguish that would cause this in him at this right. time, so.
1: And the mental anguish that they were experienced, even though it could be true to have an individual say or see something, for hundreds of people, as as is claimed, to yeah. have that at the same is net. It's never happened. Yeah. So you ne- now you're producing an unscientific theory to try to prove something that you think is unscientific. Yeah. So you're kind of using methods to refute things that you don't like. Yeah. That that just don't don't mesh. And so it, it's not historically accurate. It's not scientifically af- accurate. Psychologically, it's never happened mm-hmm. before. And so, not again. Doesn't hold a lot of, of weight, a lot of stock. Anything else back, you
0: could think of on that, or or what was that? sorry, you you may. Have well,
1: had the I wanted just to talk about the um, the swoon theory for a minute. Again, just look it up. It, it wouldn't take long for you to look it up. Look at modern medical doctors describing this historical reality of Roman crucifixions. So we have a lot of historical evidence of what went down during crucifixions and we have modern scientists doctors looking at that and saying that's not possible okay the yeah. amount of blood that he lost alone the asphyx- asphyxiation that he experienced that we would have experienced the you know the de- severe dehydration he would have experienced the um, weakness that he would have had that many people yeah if they if they don't bleed out they just stop breathing because they they have no more strength to be able to pull themselves up to breathe um
0: by the way, if you wanna check this out, all you gotta do is Google the word swoon because nobody really uses the word swoon anymore except <laughs> for in relation to the swoon theory. That's the only <laughs> time you ever hear that word. So you just Google swoon, you're bound to see swoon theory of the resurrection come up. So I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna start using that in sentences more. Yeah, you need you.
0: to start putting just, just yeah, figuring out a way to use swoon more often. Any other theories? Any other um, theories
1: that are reputable at all?
0: So the only one I've ever heard aside from this, but it really does not get into the evidence very much. It doesn't it doesn't deal with the evidence. Uh is, uh, is actually was it, I heard this a while ago and I was I was trying to find it again. I couldn't couldn't find it. But John Dominique Cross and I think it was on Discovery Channel, uh said uh, you know, they would do those little like specials on Jesus around Easter time on the Discovery Channel, and he said he believes Jesus was just kind of thrown off and thrown into a shallow grave and buried, and that was just kind of it. Uh, It doesn't still—I think he has to use the hallucination theory because it still doesn't explain—his thing doesn't have anything to do with how do they uh, see—how do they see Resurrection appearances. He doesn't have any answer for that. So I think he has to move to the the hallucination theory to try to explain that. And again, Uh,
1: you run into the problem of all the people that did see the event yeah, were eyewitnesses of the death and even the burial. Yeah, that they
0: use, that the gospel writers, again, whether you believe them or not, there's significance to the fact fact that they, they use actual names. It was Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. You know what I mean? They're writing this in a time when people could go, Fact check that Nicodemus helped. You know what I mean. These kinds of things. Mary was
1: there, seeing these things. Um, Those aren't things you easily forget. Yes. Um, Yeah. Think about someone you love. You you don't easily forget where that person is buried. Yes. You know. So by the way, I
0: I have had this conversation with a student who had been in our ministry, turned atheist, and I actually had this dude explain the resurrection to me. Tell me what you do with the resurrection. And uh, he, as we talked through it, he said the words to me, uh, I will admit that the most likely explanation for all the events that happened there is that Jesus rose from the grave. I will, he he said, I'll admit, but he he just goes by still, still can't believe it. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of interesting, like even from his atheist perspective, we'll go, yeah, it makes the most sense of all the evidence and yet still can't, bring himself to it, which I think kind of goes back to what you even mentioned earlier that, uh, what, what at the root really turns people away from the faith is not, there's no evidence for this, but that I just don't know if I, if I want to believe this, you know what I mean? So,
1: so before we go, just want to hear a little bit on what has the resurrection truly changed in you? So yeah. as you consider the historical reality of the resurrection, the multitude of time you've spent dwelling on the resurrection, not just what it has it secured for you, okay? After your death, you mm-hmm. believe that you'll be raised to life. That's part of the doctrine of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, those who put their faith in Jesus will experience a similar, the same resurrection that Jesus experienced, be raised to a new life, an eternal life. But now, in this life that you live, as you sit and breathe here with me, like how has the resurrection changed you? How should the resurrection change us now?
0: Yeah. Let me tell you a little bit of how it has changed me, and let me tell you a little bit of how it hasn't as much as I would like it to. Uh, Where in the last five or six years it has become most impactful for me is out of Romans 6, where... Paul talks about this idea that just as Christ was raised, so too we have been raised to walk in newness of life. And Paul ties Christ's resurrection largely to, uh, in, in this chapter, he ties it a lot to our victory over sin, mm-hmm. that because Jesus has risen, it is proof that he defeated sin and death and the fear of death and all of those things by, by his own death on a cross. Um, it is proof of that. It is his conquering of that. And it means that we can already begin to experience, to some degree, resurrection life now, that we, we become new people uh, we become a new creation when we give our life to him. And Paul says that that new creation is not enslaved to sin anymore, that sin doesn't have power. And I have found that's the thing where I have been hit the most in the last four or five years is this idea that Christ's resurrection means that I don't have to continue in the same patterns of sin that have held me for a long time, uh, that it doesn't have to have, you know, those statements. which just feels like, man, I just cannot stop fill in the blank. Or I just cannot get myself to fill in the blank. Uh, Paul says those words don't actually fit in light of the resurrection. If if you have placed your faith in Jesus, then His resurrection became your resurrection. That you were in buried with Christ and you were raised with Christ, and so you walk in the power of that resurrection. Uh, he'll he'll talk about that. That the the I think it's Romans eight. Uh, that the the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is now living in us. Mm -hmm. The same spirit that has that power is now living in us. And so that's been one of the areas where I think it has given me the most encouragement. Here's where I think I, I still, I need it to change me more is that my belief in the fact that I will be resurrected one day, the hope that this is not all there is, um, I want that to sink in more to me, and that should change more things like uh, generosity in me and sacrifice in me. I think if I believed that more, if the more like if I really did let that be a reality, that this little sliver, these eighty years I got, is such a tiny part of what my life actually is. I think I would be. It would be much easier to sacrifice for the gospel and for kingdom things because this is so nothing compared to what I have coming, and and I'd be willing to risk more and do those kinds of things.
1: That's so So. interesting because I would have told you. And hearing it there, I feel foolish for saying this. I would have told you, most people only think of what they get at the end yeah. when they consider the resurrection, and that therefore that doesn't change their life now. Yeah. But what you're showing me more accurately is that when you dwell on what will, what is to come, more fully, more deeply, more completely, that will only change your now. Yeah. So not only is the now changed because of resurrection and because we have the same spirit in us that raised Jesus from the dead we're no longer slave to sin we know we have no longer have a fear of death no longer face eternal separation from God but if we dwell on what we have in Christ if we really think about what blessings in God look like that will fundamentally change how we speak and how we give and how we live yeah. and how we interact and all of those things. It's why saying things in passing about the cross and the resurrection is good, but dwelling on it deeply is better. Yeah, and and truly not just passing it over uh, simply, but truly uh, out of gratitude and out of deep thought and consideration, letting the cross, letting the resurrection change us. Yeah. Uh. So,
0: there's a story I've heard that uh, Kenny Bowles, prof- longtime professor at Ozark College, used to, like, that he he's always wanted to play the piano. He's never played the piano. Uh, well i've i've heard that when asked you know what he likes to say is like i'll i'm gonna learn to play the piano in the new heavens and new earth Mm -hmm. and like he really does mean that like practically his schedule is arranged around the fact of in this life there's a lot of stuff i gotta get done and i don't have time to learn the piano but that doesn't even bother me it's not a that's not a bucket list thing for me like Mm -hmm. i got learn the piano before i die because i truly believe i've got a billion trillion years to learn the piano like he really does that's like practically that's in his list of what I'm going to do after when Christ returns. You know all right, I mean? there's
1: your application for the day. reevaluate your bucket list based on <laughs> yes. the resurrection of the dead that we will all experience if we are in Christ. Yeah. There you go. That's a great, thank you, Kenny. He, he continues to serve our body That's right. regularly. So you right. may not know that, but Kenny Bowles is a, is a saint that we love and we are appreciative for. Uh, well, we love you all, our listeners as well. If you have any question for us and what, there's a topic you'd like us to talk about, Feel free to reach out, send us a message, Um, let us know um, how things are going on your end, and we'd, we'd love to follow up this conversation. So we will see you next time.